Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Fearful, the podcast that takes you on a thrilling journey through the world of mysteries, paranormal phenomena, and all things terrifying. We will explore eerie tales of haunted places, unsolved crime, inexplicable events, and supernatural encounters. So embrace the fear and unravel the mysteries that lie beyond. My name is Jacko, and this is Fearful. History is filled with the air of mystery. There are places around the world that hold monuments and masterpieces that seem to defy the very logic in which today's modern society is built upon. Even as we put to work the brightest minds of our times, it seems no matter our efforts, time simply yields to reveal its secrets. The secrets of our past are of course not limited to the tangible places and things, however. There could be a near endless library of events from our past that dare to toy with our way of thinking. Events that would make people like yourself begin to wonder and question, really, what sort of history marks our current day. For example, the event today takes us back to the 16th century, a time that is widely regarded as the true rise of the Western civilization. But this does not take place in the West. Instead, we find ourselves in the quaint town of Strasbourg, Alsace, a place nestled within the Holy Roman Empire. It was the summer of 1518, and it bore witness to a peculiar and extraordinary event known as the Dancing Plague. The cobbled streets became a stage for an unusual spectacle, as somewhere between 50 and 400 people succumbed to an inexplicable urge to dance, engaging in fervent and relentless movements for weeks on end. And it is said that many even danced themselves to death. Medieval Europe was a place that held no shortages for deadly diseases and plagues. 
Ones that took over townships, killing many. So it is no surprise at all when we read about these in the pages of our history books. But a dancing plague, however, is much different. It would most certainly stand out amongst the rest. How could something such as dancing become a plague? It isn't bacteria-driven, as most others of the time were, from the extreme bad hygiene that allowed things to spread and run rampant. Was it? Well, let me tell you what we know. It all began with a German woman named Frau Trophy. Her rhythmic steps and dancing would soon evolve into a widespread phenomenon. Undeterred from onlookers and those around her, Frau continued her dancing, her motions, before eventually turning into her home for a mere couple hours of a restless sleep, before she took to the streets once again to continue where she had left off. By now, her feet were beginning to bruise and wear from continuous tapping against the cold stone ground. Perhaps blisters were forming, or she may have even begun to bleed. It is unclear, but what we do know is that no matter her condition, she kept dancing. Eventually, as she danced, onlookers were previously simply entertained by Frau, but instead they began to hypnotically join in on her rhythm. A few turned into a dozen, then turned into a few more until the numbers seemingly climbed inexplicably and doubled over each day. As the summer days passed and unfolded, the number of afflicted individuals soared, reaching a staggering sum of 400 victims by August. The once joyous dance that originally started the mob now took a much darker turn. Many of the people dancing were doing so consistently and non-stop. They danced away their energy and were beginning to wither away slowly. Their feet were now sore and raw, their muscles cramping and aching as dehydration kicked in with the hot summer sun beating down upon them. Some dancers collapsed, and reports began to surface of individuals succumbing to strokes or even heart attacks. Still, while some dropped to the ground with various medical ailments, the rest remained dancing around their slumped bodies on the ground. The perplexing nature of the phenomena left the community puzzled and anxious with no understanding of the cause nor the remedy. While this event certainly sounds like it is something of a fictitious tale, rest assured to know that it is in fact a very real historical event. Records ranging from physician notes to cathedral sermons and even city council proclamations attest 
to the authenticity of the bizarre dancing plague event. As the outbreak persisted, with civilians dancing themselves to exhaustion, it captured the attention of both authorities and physicians. In a desperate attempt to halt the dance, the council initially turned to musicians and strong individuals to support the dancers. However, this strategy backfired as the epidemic gained momentum, leading the council to impose a ban on public dancing and even a ban on music altogether. The hope would be, with the law prohibiting any of the activities, it would somehow coerce the people who were dancing to cease their activities immediately. However, they did not take into account that the dance was occurring due to an involuntary act. Not only that, but in a twist of irony, the ban on dancing spurred more individuals to join the frenzy dance. And it did not take long before they realized that dancing was not of a voluntary nature. And they now began fearing it was a divine punishment from Saint Vitus. The council now relinquishing authority to physicians, prescribed a very unique remedy. The afflicted were instructed to, quote, dance themselves free of it. Guild halls were transformed to accommodate the dancing, and those partaking in the dance were adorned with red shoes sprinkled with holy water and marked with painted crosses. Those compelled to dance were directed to the shrine of Saint Vitus. Adorned with their red shoes, they engaged in a ritual involving incense and Latin incantations with a fervent plea for forgiveness. By this time, the dancing was beginning to fade away slowly into the shadows. Those who were stricken by the strange plague slowly began to regain control over themselves. Some stopped more suddenly than others, but eventually the dancing stopped altogether. It wasn't without its casualties, however. As I mentioned, there were some who danced their feet raw others who collapsed of exhaustion or other ailments. But there are also claims that some even danced themselves to death as a result of the phenomenon. By the end, though, the purported success of the ritual was heralded as what put an end to the dancing plague. Amid the perplexing events of the dancing plague of 1518, contemporary explanations reflected the prevailing beliefs of the time, some attributing the inexplicable phenomena to demonic possession, which would explain the success of the holy rituals. Others suggested that the inflicted individuals suffered from, quote, overheated blood or hot blood, and the afflicted were simply 
gyrating the fever away. However, as investigations delved into the 20th century, new hypotheses emerged to unravel the mysteries surrounding the relentless dance. One compelling theory put forth by the researchers in the 20th century proposed a connection between the dancing plague and the consumption of bread made from rye flour. Flour that was contaminated with the fungal disease ergot. Known to produce convulsions, ergotism became a plausible explanation for the convulsion movements exhibited by the dancers. American sociologist Robert Bartholomew offered an alternate perspective, suggesting that the dancers might have been adherents of heretical sects engaging in the dancers' means to attract divine favor. Among the various theories, the most widely accepted explanation was put forward by American medical historian John Waller. Waller argued through several papers that the dancing plague was a manifestation of a mass psychogenetic disorder. Such outbreaks, according to Waller, occur under conditions of extreme stress and manifest based on local fears. In the case of the Dancing Plague of 1518, Waller pointed to a series of famines and the presence of diseases like smallpox and syphilis as significant stressors affecting the residents of Strasbourg. Waller went into further to emphasize the local beliefs that failing to appease St. Vitus, the patron saint of epileptics and dancers, would result in a curse compelling individuals to dance. This cultural and psychological backdrop, combined with the harsh socio-economic conditions of the time, formed the basis for Waller's argument that the dancing plague was a collective response to profound stressors, taking shape in the form of a mysterious and captivating mass psychogenetic disorder. In layman's terms, they were so scared, they danced until they could not stop. Whether that be the case or not, one more fact regarding this story hangs in the air with a heavy presence almost as much as what caused it. The question is, how many died as a result of dancing? Well, the enigmatic events of the dancing plague have stirred considerable controversy particularly surrounding the question of fatal consequences. While some sources suggest that the plague claimed as many as 15 lives each day it went on, historical records from the city of Strasbourg at the time do not provide any indication of the number of deaths, nor do they even confirm whether fatalities occurred. 
The absence of concrete sources regarding fatalities during the events leaves the true toll shrouded in uncertainty, with some suggesting that if the death toll were accurate, the total casualties could have soared into the hundreds. The primary proponent to the claim of death during the Dancing Plague is John Waller, the very man who offered the most widely accepted explanation on the topic, whose writings include the book by the name A Time to Dance, A Time to Die, the extraordinary story of the Dancing Plague of 1518, and other journal articles rely on later accounts of the events. The identity of the initial dancer is also a matter of uncertainty, with conflicting reports naming her either an unnamed woman or a woman by the name of Frau Trophy. Among the six chronicle accounts, four lend support to the Lady Trophy as the first dancer and thus has become another most accepted fact. We are unfortunately left to only guess at many of the facts surrounding the case of the Dancing Plague, yet we do know it is a factual event peeled from the pages of our history. However, as many things from our past, many mysteries still surround it. Perhaps some did die from the event. It doesn't seem too far-fetched to think of it if you ask me. Many danced for days without rest under the summer sun. Not to mention, with diseases running rampant at the time, their immune systems may have been very weak, to say the least, from their exhaustion of dancing for days. Then when they got sick, maybe... They were too weak to fend it off, whatever it was they contracted, thus being killed indirectly, at the very least, from the dance. I guess this gives a very literal meaning to dance with the devil. I can only imagine the fear that would have coursed through a person as they danced their life away, one step at a time as they slowly and eventually took their last step to a beat only they could hear. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.